Hey, this is Zach Joyner, the webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com, and thanks for audio listening to this particular show of the Spidey Experience. This is episode 48. Uh, be sure to give us a like, a share, and subscribe on your favorite audio catcher and let us know how we're doing you can leave us a review on this particular app or you can always send us an email over at spidey dude radio network at gmail.com hello and welcome to the spidey dude experience i'm your host zach joiner and i want to thank you for taking the time to listen and or watch before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. Patrons such as Vicman, Greg, Jurgen, Scott, Kale, Phoenician, Georgia, and Cindy. Thank you guys for your support. It means the world to us. And if you want to see what all the fuss is about, head on over to patreon.com slash Network for more information. The link is in the description below. Also in our description is our Discord page. Be sure to join our Discord and be sure to participate in all the great conversations that we have. You can always go there and hang out on our Discord page. Uh, it's a great time. Be sure to check out our other episodes of our other shows, such as Amazing Spider-Man Classics, which is hosted by Javi and Jack Trujillo, where they go through Spider-Man from the beginning, from the perspective of a longtime fan in, in Javi and a fan in in Jack, who's grown up with Spider-Man, but has never went back and read those original Stan and Steve Ditko uh original tales clone soccer chronicles is of course our original flagship show just wrapped up its final episode and uh it's a highly emotional one if you have not listened to that one yet i highly encourage you to do so spectacular radio is another show and make my mayday uh and our newest shows voices from the area gargoyles podcast um Hosted by Greg Bashansky and Jennifer Anderson. The Salvi Cinema Era podcast is hosted by Chris Denman. And coming soon, our Patreon first podcast, Books of X, an X-Men podcast hosted by Neil Bogenreiter. We want to let you have you let your voice be heard. We would love to hear from you. There are a couple different ways you can do so. If you prefer email, leave us an email at Network at gmail.com. Or if you want your voice to be heard on the show, leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. That's 818-925-6631. Be sure to tell us what show you're calling about and where you're calling from. We'll play it live on the respective shows. Leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We'll do our best to read it on on the show in a future episode. For those of you that are listening to the audio version of this particular program, please excuse references to the visual aids and or our live comments as these shows are live streamed on our YouTube page and twitch.tv as well as Facebook. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe if you're over to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Spidey Dude Radio Network. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy the rest of the program. And with that, hello, I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com, executive producer of the aforementioned network of podcasts that I just mentioned. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to introduce the panel for tonight's episode, We've got, first up, we got Everything Hurts, a.k.a. Neil Bokenwriter, the host of Books of X. Hi. He's also... Oh, there I am. There you go. (laughs) There we go. And next up, we have Adam, the art apologist. Hi. How's it going, everybody? And finally, last but certainly not least, he is the host of the... uh, co-host of the MCU fan show and the... Grand Poobah of the Comic Binge podcast, 
YouTube page. He is P Thug. <laughs> wow. Paul, are you okay? I'm back. He's back. Welcome back, I'm buddy. Back. Yeah, it's it's a it's, it's good to be back, man. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, you know, my my computer took a nosedive, and uh, and I'm just uh, struggling here with my new uh, my wife's computer. So I'm just trying to make it back. Man, AirPods are the most like befunding. The I don't know. I can't figure them out, man. Like I I can get into work on my phone, no problem, but on a on a computer or something, it is just it is hell. I don't are you get it. Mac or a PC. I'm a, I'm, a P, I'm a Mac guy, dude. Come on. Come on, bro. Come they on. should work seamlessly. You would think. But for whatever reason, whenever I work these stupid things, they never work. So uh, I I don't know. I, I can't tell this stuff anymore. It's it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So Paul, Paul, anyway, I used, it's, I used it's, to be a Mac guy, so I can take a look at it if you need me to after. No, yeah, I actually I'll, I'll I'll hit you up because um my I'll, we'll, we'll talk. But yeah, no, it's been great. Uh I've missed coming on the show. Um yeah, it's a uh, it feels good. It feels good. <laughs> I know. Listen. Listen, Vakeman, you know, and those who don't know, I have a daughter and I I put that above everything. And I think anyone who has children understands that. But today I I really wanted to be on the show earlier and uh, get on at a, a decent time. Re- I will reject, disappear reject for a minute when uh, she has to go to re- bed, but I'll come re- right back. Reject family, embrace Spidey. <laughs> All right, so we already got some live comments. We got Vigma saying hello there. He uh, then says, Paul's here early as hell frozen over. We got Mr. Comics 89. Hill, he says yeah, hello. Yeah, yeah. Comic book day. Hey, Mr. Co- uh, speaking of Mr. Comics, I am on his latest episode, episode seven of his podcast. Check it out on Spotify, and uh, I will include the link in the description of this particular episode uh, also matt auger says hello to the crew love the final episode of clone soccer chronicles just to let you know thank you matt that was a that was a very emotional time for me <laughs> it was a certainly a um uh it, it was an experience no pun intended just because i i never it's it's the episode that i didn't ever think we would get to and you know i i felt for a long time that we were never going to get to that point. And sure enough, we, we finally made it. So the, uh, the exciting thing for, uh, for me is that, you know, we had a very clear mission and we finished that mission and it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, our first, and it kind of segues into my first news story. Uh, Radiax says, hi fellows here to pay my respects to Peter's fighting spirit. Um, so our first news story is, um, across the spider verse merchandise is out. And if you are under a rock and you are starting to miss it, uh, there was a little bit of a reveal in the merchandise. There's a couple of reveals. Hey, hey, hey. keep talking. I've got, this is great. This is going to be great, great, uh, video stuff. Keep talking. So thanks for reminding me. So we've got, uh, in the latest merch, uh, Neil, do you want to share your screen? And Hang on, the, do, you have, do you have a link? Yeah, here we go. Uh, is it in private chat? Yeah. All right, there it is. It's in the, it's in the chat. So Neil's going to pull up the link. Um, 
So for the audio listener, I'm going to read it. It says, in less than a year, this is from IGN.com, in less than a year, uh, fans will flock towards the theaters once again to experience the thrill of comic book mania in the animated form with the release of the sequel to Sony's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Titled uh, Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, the upcoming animated flick will be the first of two planned sequels for the hit 2018 film, which garnered rave reviews from critics and fans alike. It won an Oscar. That's how, like, even MCU films haven't done that. That's how kind of a big deal this is. <laughs> the sequel will continue the story of P- uh, Spider-Man in multiple uh, universes. Just whatever. Stupid. I freaking okay. Wow. Sorry. Okay. I'm the only person here who has a working setup. Okay. I'll take over for a second. <laughs> it's fine. The sequel will continue the story of Spider-Man multiple universes. Characters are like Miles Morales, Peter Parker, and Gwen Stacy taking center stage. The 2023 movie will also, also feature Miguel O'Hara, who was previously teased in the post credit scene in the first film. Makers of the movie have confirmed that Across the Spider-Verse will expand upon the roster of Spider-Man characters from the 2018 film. So far, leaks have surfaced about the film, including iterations of a cyborg Spider-Woman and Spider-Punk. Along with that, a new leak, which includes some images from Across uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse themed treble board game, confirms the addition of Spidey family character in Ben Riley, a.k.a. the Scarlet Spider. So, real quick, Zach, uh, I know you're probably going to bring it up, but in keeping with the animators creating a different art style for each for each universe i noticed that ben riley is drawn in the tom lyle art style of scarlet spider it looked like it was something between tom lyle and um god what's his name it's more butler to me stephen butler right yeah it looks like something ripped straight out of of stephen butler to me so very yeah i, I thought i saw tom, i thought it was tom lyle for sure but it could be both point, like, that, that that image is straight up from um his first web 119 or so right yeah yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's straight well not 119 it's it's from like a it's from a comic book it's it's straight up literally well, a yeah. comic like you know so i'm I mean, pulling up i'm pulling up so but, and I, but I, I wonder if that's only because they couldn't like they didn't they don't have he's not in the movie very much or they didn't do a pose or I, able to i don't pose. know he's he's up there with Miguel and I—I I think he's gonna play like a role similar to like Spider Ham or uh, what's what's Penny Parker's Spider or, or Spider Man Noir. Yeah, yeah. No, like, we're like he's but, there, but he's mostly either comic relief or sort of someone to bounce off of. Yeah, I—I I don't know. It's it's weird because I—I don't know how I feel about. It. To be honest, I doesn't. It doesn't seem to me that he's going to be. I would not be shocked if he's not in the movie at all. To be quite honest, I I'm just I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I'd, love, I'd love to see Lyle Butler style art animated. Me too. That would be sure. great. Oh, dude. I, listen, if he's in it for five minutes, I'm going to be happy. Okay. This is the, big, this is the biggest W Ben Riley fans have had since 1996. Let Zach have this. <laughs> <laughs> Every time wow. he brought back, it's been terrible. <laughs> it is 2016. Ben Riley's brought back as a villain. It is 2020. Ben Riley's brought back as a villain. It is 2022. Ben Riley is brought back as a villain. So, uh, so yeah. So, ahead, and they basically go through and you know talk about who Ben Riley was. It'll be interesting to see if the world the houses Ben Riley as there's a great chance he might have taken out the baton of Spider-Man from Peter Parker. We can't wait for June 2nd to come sooner. So June 2nd, 2023, we'll find out for sure. So real quick, Radiac says that it's a leak. Is it really a leak if this is out in the wild? Like it's yeah, not a, a not leak really so sure much so much as just accidental spoilers from the okay. merchandise. 
something that happens all the time. How much stuff got leaked out via Legos? Okay. And really quickly. Well, to, be, to be fair, the Mandarin's uh, fire spewing Zamboni didn't make it into Iron Man 3. So, <laughs> so if you want to do a quick unboxing, I did pick up these. Ooh. Uh, oh, so, hang on. I'm putting, putting Paul solo. God damn it. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> I, I picked. Oh, sorry. I picked these up the other day, and uh, much to my wife's chagrin, she doesn't know I picked them up. <laughs> um, so now I can do a quick unboxing of these if you want, um, really quick. Yeah. Also, real quick, I forgot to mention, I'm surprised no one's talking about the fact that Jake Johnson's confirmed to come back as, I think, Peter B., if not just a Spider-Man. Yeah, so, I, I what think he's going to be back. What I want to anticipate is that Peter B., uh, that either... Either Ben is fr- the Ben Riley. If he shows up, this is my theory. He's either going to be from the uh, same universe as Peter B., or he's from a universe where Peter and Mary Jane end up married, and he interacts with Peter B. And instead of Ben becoming Spider Man, he just kept on being the Scarlet Spider. So, would be Earth nineteen ninety six. I'm just I'm just mostly surprised okay. because because as far as I remember or I've it's, I've seen the film recently so it's not like I remember it but you know Jake Johnson's Peter's arc was fairly wrapped up and buttoned up by the time the movie ended like it was left kind of open ended whether or not he and MJ like fully got back together but it was you can kind of take context clues and imply yeah they got their happy ever after so I'm surprised I'm not upset because I love Jake Johnson and I love his take on Peter. But I'm just kind of surprised that they're bringing him back when the I'm focus not. is meant to be more on Miles and Gwen. Well, he's... Okay, I'll get that in a second. First of all, I just want to just comment. If you can blow me up real, real quick, if you, Neil. Yeah. Um, this Spider-Man, I, I I love these um, this iteration of Spider-Man from Into the Spider-Verse. And these figures are totally in that form. Is that, Chris Pine? Is, is that Chris Pine? No, this is this is... This is the uh, Josh. I always forget the actor's name. The guy you're talking about. Yeah, this guy. This is a great. Look how skinny he is. It's it's totally that version of Peter. Well, we thought. Well, minus the gut, of course. Um, But, um, but no. But like as you can see here, it's got the same build here. I I love it. I love this version of Spider-Man. I've always loved the interpretations of of the into the into the Spider-Man characters. I know how he has some. Oh, sorry. And here's um, 2009. Oh, dude. This is fantastic. What one of the things that I I'm I'm I didn't think I was gonna buy this figure at first, but then just you know I can't help it. Um, I'm gonna buttons. buy like the, the 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 bathtub version, like the 12 inch or whatever it is, the jumbo version. I'm really into those, and I just think it's great. Um, th- these look great, man. I I'm gonna get all of them. They're um I, I keep see they're starting to show up in other places. They're like it's weird because Target has them for like. You know, 12 bucks. This is not a bad toy, I think, for $12, to be twi- quite honest. What's interesting is you could buy the jumbo version of 2099 for $16.99 or buy this one for $11.99, which is in- weird. But, yeah, that is um, weird. but anyway, maybe I'm looking at the wrong price point. Maybe it's a little bit more, but either way, it's still, still not a bad price. I'm like, man. And to be honest, I think this thing looks really cool jumbo size so i know people like to hate on the jumbo figures but i love them man i I think they're great and uh i don't know i i think miles and gwen look great too i can't wait to get them as well so i a plus these are these are solid figures in my in my opinion i'm not sure what you guys think and they're five points of articulation or maybe wait i I know hav i know Javi had some contention with the miles figure just because he wasn't sure if he wanted to pay 12.99 for 
so little articulation. I, I can't speak to that because I don't buy I don't buy well, action figures. But okay, really well. Okay, maybe they're five. Wait, actually, is it five points or is it? Or is it because is it, uh, look, the the legs don't bend, but the arms do. So that's so, that's two because you got your arm your arm joint and then your elbow yeah. joint. So that's so yeah, so I'd be so it's six point or it was at home. Oh my gosh, my math is not astounding me right now. Yeah, six points of articulation, right? That yes, right. You got two, yeah. two, you got six. It's actually says that'd be seven because the head, right? Yeah, so, so Mr. Comic brings up a point that I kind of want to touch base on where he calls when hey, we call marketing on merch leaks and the company. I don't think so. I, well, I think it was also supposed to come out like in a couple year, months, right? No, I think it was supposed to come. Out, yeah, it was supposed to come out in, like in October of this year. Yeah, of this year, yeah. so it was kind of inevitable. I think, guys. I'm. Oh, sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm starting to fall in love with this Spider-Man figure a lot. I, like it I looks, liked it. it. Looks good. I do. I do like that Peter B. figure. Man, it looks great. I like simple figures like that. Honestly, me, give me too. Give me stuff like that. Over. I mean, so the, a lot of the Marvel Legends look really good, but. The legends are the legends are slowly becoming a collector's item. They're not meant to. Well, they've be. already been like they've been like what twenty? They're they've been like twenty dollars. Now they're slowly going up to like twenty five. I think so they've always been they've, for adults. They've been twenty. They've been twenty five for a while. I think they're going to yeah. twenty eight now. Guys, I love. Oh well, so it depends. If they're fan channel exclusives, I think they're the the, the discussion was, um, it going up to like thirty, but it, they've been twenty. Uh, it just depends. I think Walmart and Target right now are, are kind of keeping it where it's um, around twenty twenty four um, ninety nine. Now there is uh, this was made by Sentinel, and I'll uh, put this in the chat. This has got a Peter B. Parker. Now this thing is expensive, but it comes with this giant gargoyle. So I'll put the I'll put all the links that everything I'm taught we're talking about down in the description below. Here we go. So. I just I got the Amazon. Jesus Christ, that's two hundred thirty nine. Do- Holy oh. shit! <laughs> that looks good too, though. Uh, this is ridiculous because it has like a. That. Yeah, it, it, it's got a. Uh, it, it actually has a di- an alternate torso too. Um, so you can be the fat version or not. <laughs> uh, that's kind of um, it's got multiple heads, multiple hands. Um, it's got that giant gargoyle base, so you're you're getting your money's worth. I mean, and then the uh, if you haven't got the Hasbro um, Legends figure, it's also still available up on uh, Amazon right now. So, can I ask you a dumb question? What's the difference between the main one and the special version? Is the special version come with the gargoyle head? Yes. Okay. Cool. And then you right know, above it, it, that, if you scroll there, you got the uh, Marvel Legends. Um, you know, no uh, offense to our yeah. homies like Javi, who love to spend money on the hot toys and the expensive, more expensive figures. I just never, I just, I don't know. There's something about spending money on, on, on the really a lot of money on like one figure is really difficult for me. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it's just. I'm not going to lie. The, the, like the Scarlet Spider that we talked about was the last episode, the episode before last. Um, that one with the soft goods, like to me, it's really difficult because I can sit there and get almost an entire wave for the price of that one figure. Now, will I do it? 
probably because I'm a masochist. <laughs> but um, you, have a, you have a job. You're supposed to spend money. <laughs> I got to make sure I have a roof over my head first and internet. But, you know, so that way I can continue doing the show. Um, if only it was that it, simple. Uh, that's uh, Amazon listing for the Peter B. Parker. The, the So here's what I highly anticipate is going to happen. Uh, in November, they're probably going to announce the uh, Across the Spider-Verse wave, and it will probably um, be whichever six characters they decide to feature in the movie. Or well, the, the uh, and I figure between now and the end of the year, they're going because uh, based on the leaks, and we haven't had any new fresh Spidey leaks in a while. Based on the leaks, uh, Penny Parker and Spider, uh, the the robot, uh, yeah. that's the last thing from the leak list that was put out that has not been released. Uh, obviously, there was a few that uh, Bagman was not on the leak list, but that had been that had been rumored for a long time. So I think Bagman's actually starting to hit shelves, from what I've heard. And if you go to Target, the uh, Renew Your Vows and the Iron Spider are out now. So if you uh, didn't pre-order them, you can go pick them up at your local Target. Why is he? The, I, uh, why is his? I I know it's like plastic because you know it, it's plastic, it but it looks like it looks like MTV. 2003 Spidey in terms of texturing. Like, am I the only one who sees it? Yeah, that has been one of my biggest complaints about some of the um, details on Into the Spider-Verse stuff. On, not, not just Into the Spider-Verse, but like in general with like, especially the MCU figures with, with Marvel Legends. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons I think so, there was a lot of people that were excited about the, uh, the Tom Holland Spidey is that it was going to be painted web lines instead of the like textured web lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by doing the texturing, they don't paint those web, those web lines. And so right. you got to go in and do it yourself. Sim- similar to what they did with, uh, with shocker that I saw a lot of, a I'm, lot I'm of people. And, and miles are so much higher in terms of pricing. It, it, it's, it's weird because like, Here, real hot take. I think this should have been Miles's costume for the entire movie, not or at least that entire third act. It would it gave him a more distinctive silhouette next to Peter. I agree, yeah. disagree. It's it's weird because there's certain ones in the wave that are more expensive. Obviously, Peter B. Parker is probably the least expensive of the group. Um, but there's a, just a lot of and see here's the thing I didn't pick those two up for the, for the pretty much the the biggest reason I didn't was because I already had the spider Gwen so basically I'd be getting the, the basically getting her for a head swap and the feet are different I already have a spider Gwen I don't need another one um I do I do get stilt man I need I need to just break down and buy the whole stilt man like, again, this, the texturing on the faces is really weird. It's one of those things where like, I don't think it translates well into an action figure. At least the facial, at least the facial design. I, 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 yeah. It's. I've been told it's better in hand than the action than, than the then, shots. Like, then, like, so, photos. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, uh, there is something we didn't. We we kind of alluded to last last uh, episode. We talked about San Diego Comic-Con, but um, this is from the Floosh, the Marvel Legends, Amazon. It, so we found, we thought that Razorback and Fly were going to be part of a wave. 
because generally they announce a wave at San Diego Comic Con. But with PulseCon coming up later on this year, um, we were wrong. We were wrong. It, it, it's a five pack, and they include uh, Silvermane, Human Fly, uh, Ultimate Symbiote Spidey, uh, Razorback, and Molten Man. I think is that Molten Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that, so it's the best of the '80s, basically, and <laughs> the early 2000s. And I don't understand any of this. There's like, no, this there's is no thematic. There's no thematic connection between any of these. Well, so uh, this is, it's it's mostly five, the 80s, kind it's of. It's all it's all mid late. It's all mid yeah. early '80s stuff. Gotta say yeah. that that Stegman. I think that Steg, that Stegman cover art looks really good. It's very good. Or box art. Yeah. I, yeah. if, there's, if there is one positive oh, so to come yeah. out, oh, sorry. Uh, so yes, it's supposed to represent the '80s, but the 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 body that they're using is the teenage Spider-Man body. Yeah, from the old uh, that they have literally not used since 2018. Interesting. Um, so yeah, um, the Silvermane body is. <laughs> we've joked. Literally, the it's a slightly different head sculpt to the uh, the RC car that you got with uh, Speed Demon. <laughs> and is uh, straight up from Ultron. And that's what a lot of people were using to make Silvermane, like, custom. So then, like, Hasbro was like, alright, that's that's good enough for us. We'll slap that together. Uh, a lot of people were excited about Molten Man. I was a little disappointed, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a huge fan of the head. I think it's the head for me, because it's it's kind of got that translucent, translucent texture to it. It's why I'm not... I zoom in on it, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. A very, that's that's probably the, that's honestly probably the least and more least, least impressive one of all of the five there. Everyone else looks yeah. pretty solid, to be yeah. honest. Oh, but. Razorback, Razorback looks really good. All things yeah, considered, Razorback look legit. And even I, I'm excited to have this symbiote Spidey just because like it's the one like ultimate costume that we don't have, um, that we haven't had. So it. I'm okay with it. Like, uh, it is $127, so it is pretty pretty expensive. Uh, due out January 1st. So you want to hear a weird take of mine? I especially as someone who doesn't buy toys. Um, if there's one thing, if there's one good thing to come out of losing like the the trans lose the transparent packaging, is that we get kind of these sick ass uh, cover images. Oh, dude! Artists. The- I think that's really cool. Did I, did I talk? We talked about the Amazing Friends three pack. We like did. Really, they yeah, so. they figures to re, to recreate the pose from the cartoon, which was to me just a stroke of genius. Um, I'm, I'm looking for the other one because it involves slimy things, symbiotes. Oh yeah, so uh, there's also the. Uh, did, did we mention that last episode? No, we did not because it wasn't announced until after PulseCon, I think. So, okay, so the Rage and the final two pieces of the Separation Anxiety 5. Agony and Riot. Agony and Riot were announced, but then they announced that it's a three-pack with a new Venom. Now, this Venom is the same body as the um, animated series repaint that they did. So it's not the same body that they did with the Null Venom 2-pack. It is different. So 
so here here's the box art by Stegman. Once again, I'm really glad that the comic creators are getting in on this. Here's yeah. uh, Agony, and here's Riot. So Agony, uh, Riot is based on the Monster Venom sculpt, uh, but with a new head and some different um, little textures to him. Uh, Agony is the stream body, right? That it, no, it's actually the uh, the Shriek body. So the Shriek body now is this standard body. She's got double elbows and joint and knees, unlike uh, Scream. And, and then the, the new head, two new heads with him, um, a big tongue head, and then the half half tongue head, <laughs> the half tongue half uh, unmasked head. That actually is a somewhat of a reference to the f- very first Venom in the six inch line from Toy Biz back in the day. Uh, uh, it was, uh, I think, wait, the first wave of Spider-Man classics. Uh, and I'm going to uh, find it so I can send it to, to Neil to um, kind of... Excuse bro. Me. <laughs> Come on, you- man. Neil, mute yourself, man. Come on. Yeah, that's that's ri- ridiculous. Okay, so all right, so I got this uh, old kid these days. Mm-hmm. So this is an old review, but uh, there you go, Neil. Let me pull it up. There we go. Oh my god, <laughs> that they is. Don't make like they definitely don't make them like they used to. <laughs> They definitely don't make them like they used to. And it. it looks like a horse. Mm-hmm. Is, this be- is, this be- is this venomized beta ray? <laughs> That's well. Uh, okay. Scroll down. There's the side. What because- is this? That's like when that's like when uh, McFarlane drew that cover later on for the trade that had, you yeah. had like the huge. <laughs> like, just yeah, and that was cool. Yeah, so that there, the, you can see Eddie's face. It, it's oh, a weird. Yeah, that Iron Shit, Man I close it. <laughs> uh, it, it, the uh, they had the guardian, the guard from the vault as the base. He's just yeah, dead. I have that figure, <laughs> like the actual action figure that. So that that's kind of what the uh, the head is in reference to. Yeah, baby, show us some leg venom. That will bring Annie back. <laughs> <laughs> Brickman says, come on, is Neil burping really worse than Neil dropping F-bombs? That's true. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I haven't said one yet tonight. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Vinkman and Mr. Comics were making jokes about uh, the Molten Man. Do you know the Molten Man? I know the Molten Man. Do you know the Molten Man? Sorry. What the f- <laughs> It's a Muffin Man. Yeah, I know, but Okay, anyways, moving on. Yeah, um, so <laughs> from that, um, that is that. That's all the Marvel Legends news. There will be uh, when is PulseCon? PulseCon, I think, is in September, and New York Comic Con's in October. So, um, there's something coming out next week. Another announcement. They did announce. If you have not gotten the regular Ghost Rider, they did announce on a retro card fan channel exclusive. Uh, Ghost Rider. So if you missed out on him the first couple of times, 
uh, he is going to be available as a fan channel exclusive. So good times. Uh, and I'm trying to get, uh, apparently I have a connection to the founder of entertainment earth. So fingers crossed. I'll try to, uh, get hooked up with, uh, him and, and, uh, maybe do an interview. Uh, I also have got, it's going to probably not be until October. Um, an interview with, uh, a new Spider-Man book that's going to be coming out this fall. So, Stay tuned for that, by the way. So, all right. Uh, I thought you were talking about the slot one because I was thinking of adjectiveless. No, 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 no. Not adjectiveless, which did everybody see the trailer that I sent? I didn't, but I've been at work all day, so. Oh, wow. We got 10 people. Well, nope. nope, it went back to eight. I did not see any exactly. trailer. Okay, so um, basically, it's just advertising the logic for the Dan Slot Mark Bagley book. Um, had some extra artwork that was revealed. Now, obviously, most of the artwork was the artwork that was revealed with the original press release. Um, obviously, it's a story that's going to have a specific character that uh, JMS was well known for. Um, this JMS Renaissance has kind of been a thing. Um, between Digger and and also the general and, tonal connection to early, so like a really early JMS, at least the tonal yeah, connection to, to see. Please don't ever speak in that voice again. Uh, but it's it's never mind. Um, I can do the I can do my Kremit voice if you like. No, no, no. Let's let's move on. Okay. Uh, but that's the last news topic. Uh, was basically me talking about that. Mark Bagley is going to be drawing it. Dan Slott will be writing it. It is uh, simply adjectiveless Spider-Man. It's kind of based on the solicitations. If you've seen the solicitations, you kind of know who some of what who is returning, but it is confirmed in this one. Uh, another revelation is that uh, Gwen and Miles will show up as well as some other characters too. So I mean, We kind of knew that going in just because they're the other two most pushed Spider characters. So... Um, obviously, the Edge of the Spider Verse miniseries is going on right now. It's kind of it kind of leading into that. That's when we're getting these several new Spider people. So we'll see. Um, our, view, our view count goes down the more we talk about Spider Verse. <laughs> uh, with that, we're going to uh, jump. <laughs> uh, I figure it's been long enough. Normally, this is when uh, we bring Paul in, but Paul's already here, so we're going to talk about. Amazing Spider-Man number 901. Hello, Joey. Oh, are we talking about ASM7? You said, yes. one, you said 101. I said not. You said 901. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I mean, like, numbering. And Neil's going to give us the rundown really quickly. Okay. So, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 7, legacy number 901. Uh, written by Zeb Wells, art by Ramita Jr., uh, inks by Scott Hanna, and colors by Marcio Menez. Uh, who here remembers uh, Amazing Spider-Man 850? Show of hands. Okay, who remembers the backup where Peter got uh, drugged and said that Vulture was a murderer to Starling and caused her to question her worldview? Okay, so after two years, I believe, that plotline is finally getting <laughs> follow-up on... Um, she apparently didn't use the internet before now, 
but now she has, and now she's mad that she found out that uh, Grandpa Adrian is a murderer. Uh, now she wants something to do with him. So Vulture is butthurt that his granddaughter finally learned how to use the internet and decides, you know what? Today's the day I kill Spider-Man. Um, after a credits page, we cut to Midtown, where Peter is talking to Norman, and he's introduced to the new Oscorp. Uh, if, you, if you remember, Oscorp in 2013, I believe, was absorbed into the new Alchemax uh, via Normie's shares that Liz took control of. So Norman's creating a new Oscorp focused on aerospace. And for whatever reason, Kamala Khan is interning here. Uh, I didn't even know that was her. <laughs> it's, it's It says Kamala Khan. But um, after a spill, uh, Peter turns a corner and sees Mary Jane. Paul, why are you just, you're, you're mouthing into the mic. I'm not sure if you're talking or not. He's like, just let's get on with it. Let's get on. Uh, he, he's trying to rush you to recap. Basically, MJ is the ambassador for Dementia Be Gone, the X-Men's newest drugs, and wants to run them through Norman, of all people, to make sure they're safe. Uh, they Peter, I guess, reunites with MJ's new boyfriend, Paul, including a very detailed flashback of when Paul kicked the shit out of him. And uh, she leaves, and then Peter has a freak out and tells Norman to piss off because he thinks he brought them to, uh, to taunt Peter. Uh, but Norman says, no, I actually wanted to hire you and I want you to be Spider-Man for me. And he reveals a new tech suit. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Vulture is spying on the rooftop and he finds Spider-Man and, uh, Vulture attacks him and goes for the kill as he tears apart Peter's web shooters and then drops him from several hundred feet up. Do we want to just do issue eight? Because it picks up right where we left off. Yeah. Right, right yeah, where we left off. All right, issue eight. Uh, same creative team. Wells, Romita Jr., Hannah, and Menyes. So Peter decides to think smart and uses the spare web cartridges in his utility belt to slow his fall and stop him from dying. Uh, Vulture keeps going anyways, and Peter gets the absolute shit kicked out of him some more. Uh, and Peter calls Norman, says, I'm going to die. I kneel, Norman-sama. Please help me. Uh, and Norman refuses. Uh, Peter decides to make his way over there anyways, and eventually grabs onto Vulture to use as essentially a fast travel mechanism for the PS5 game to get him <laughs> to Oscorp faster. Uh, Vulture is confused. He's like, where the hell did you go, you son of a bitch? And Peter, uh, dressed in the all-new, all-different super with pumpkin bombs and a glider, uh, smashes out and turns the tide. He uses a pumpkin bomb filled with spiders. Uh, now Vulture has become covered in Spider's Man, uh, and Peter's drone uses, I guess, aerospace telemetry data to, I guess, crash Vulture into a chimney, complete with uh, today's uh, VIP, the Emoji Mask. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Uh, Peter <laughs> gives Vulture kind of a kind of a middle finger, saying. Well, you didn't kill me, but can you settle for the fact that you almost got me and I'm going to be sore for a month? And Vulture's like, yeah, sure, okay, whatever. Uh, 
Peter goes to Norman, who reveals that I didn't that he didn't come to save Peter because um, he's worried that he'll that he's addicted not addicted but that if he gets back on the glider he will never get off, which is why we have a golden goblin golden goblin series solicited for two months from now. Uh, Peter he says that I, that he doesn't want to risk his new life, and Peter says, "You know what? I can't believe you." And he accepts Norman's job offer to work at Oscorp. Uh, next time, uh, Spider and Manlet versus Moira Jane. <laughs> to oh be God. continued. Green <laughs> versus Moira Jane. Okay, all right. You'll and Neil will have to give us a detailed explanation. We won't have any news because it's going to take thirty minutes for for Neil to explain what the is going on. In Hellfire, yeah, you have to read the Hellfire Gala as. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the one shot's great. I'm not. I'm not too. I'm. I'm. Not, I'm a little concerned about how this one's going to go, though. I mean, listen. I mean, it could be worse. It could be this. But, but I mean, honestly, whenever we do, whenever he does do uh, books of X, it's going to be like this. Yeah, I'm getting together my crew. I'm getting together some really good analysis. So, all right, uh, P. Thug, tell us your thoughts. What is your grade for these two issues? You're muted. You're muted, Kimo Sabe. Oh, you muted. know what? I didn't realize my it, it was. I had two things muted, but I, I apologize. I'm glad so that you didn't hear me. Glad you didn't, I'm glad that you didn't uh, shout "move along" while I was recapping because I got the visual. I well, I, I was I was trying to, so I I, I was stopped by fate. Um, <laughs> yeah. So here's the here's here's the thing. Um, I I've been we were criticized on the MCU fan show for loving everything Marvel and being an apologist. And right. <laughs> I try, you know, and the thing is, I try to be. And I just want to say this for for right now. It's if it's just an okay story, I'm gonna like like it, and it's gonna be probably a B minus C plus. I want people to know this. It has to for me to dislike something, it has to be pretty bad. And I'm just gonna be a minute. Like I, I I just I've accepted. I wouldn't say I accepted mediocre writing, but I've accepted that things aren't gonna be perfect. Right. Sure. So when I when I do these reviews, I want people to think like, do you even like? criticize things for like spider-man comics i don't know yes i do if you and zach and everyone's here has known that i've criticized like the end of nick spencer's run is atrocious it's brutal it it you know so i have criticized spider-man uh, spider-man before etc cetera, etc cetera. um that being said uh I, I just feel like i'm a broken record a lot of times too but i just i i, I just i can't help it i'm just me i'm really enjoying these comics uh i think they've been really really solid and I think these two issues, seven and eight, have been no exception, in my opinion. And I think that what I love about these comics, and I'll, I'm going to give them right now both together. I'm going to give them a, a good solid B plus, B plus. Um, and when I say B plus, this is why. John Romita Jr.'s art, in my opinion, is just it's it's back. It's I'm not yeah. sure if it's if it's just because Spider Man rejuvenates rejuvenates him as, as his career. It's like sucking the but, soul out of a character to rejuvenate his art. I I don't know, man. But it's there's something about like we you know we on the on the council Spider Man council we did, which Neil we're gonna get you on soon, man. Don't worry, I, I gotta get you on. Um, okay. but like 
it's weird because when we did the JMS run and we we we, we did that uh, whole uh, reread a little bit from the very beginning, it was amazing to me that how good that art was and how it, it felt like it, re, it reinvigorated him then. And it, going back to here, I'm like, okay, it's pretty good. It starts off pretty well. I think the art's been pretty good, but it's gotten better every issue. And I think these two issues, I'm like, God damn, am I alone? I'm like, I, I'm like reading these. I'm like, the storytelling in this is phenomenal. Like, I love it. It's so, it feels like a throwback to the like the, the basic paneling. Like, you know, you have the six panels, of, you know, where it's just one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And it's just like, it's so good this is so good i love it um i don't know i i think this is great um i don't know i I, i've I've been really enjoying the series and i think what i love about this is it feels condensed enough to where i'm not getting hit over the head with a, a annoying theme which there is the mary jane stuff which has not been great i don't like the x men tie in i just don't care i'm like whatever i just i'm just moving on from it but that being said I think Zeb Wells has been doing a good job of narrowing his stories down enough to where it's not building towards something like, I think like a kindred it's, it's got the overarching story with, but it's building off the sin eater storyline. And I like that. I like the fact that the whole thing with that Nick Spencer did with Norman Osborn has not been just a, he's, he was a good guy. Now he's a bad guy again. No, they're really building off that. And I think they're building off the fact that, Peter is always trying to find that redemption and that it's building on the idea that Peter gives people a second chance. And I, I believe that I, that's just me. And I, I like, I, the one criticism I'm going to say about this is that I don't know if I love the costume with the glowy eyes and, and the spider. Like that just if feels they like made a, a different color. If they made a different color. Yeah. It just, that, that has been, I'll, I will say that I think that that's was a misstep. They could have done a better job of, of adding a different costume or a different part of the costume. Now that being said, I like the glider. I like I like that new stuff they're throwing into it. I, I like think- the, I like the shot of it like like the drone with like the drone POV or like it looks like an actual US military drone. Yeah. I yeah, so that, I that think a new touch. I there's yeah. to say about it, but I'll let you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up here in a second too. But I just think that this has been a pretty like I think the art, the inking, the lettering, the, I think the scripts, the, the I think the biggest thing for me that I and this is a maybe a criticism a little bit is that it, it's a good pace. And I, I blow through it pretty fast. Now, this modern comics in general, I've been reading a lot of older comics and there's a lot of narration, you know, head narration to get people caught up what's going on. And I think they kind of miss that. I think that they need to come back a little bit, maybe give us a little more inside of Peter's heads and, and the heads of the characters. It's not a bad thing. Um, that being said, the, I think that I'm really impressed with the pacing. I think, I think Zeb's nailing it. And I think that I've really enjoyed every issue for the most part. And I, I, I'm really thankful that he's on the book and I think Spider-Man has been pretty good since Spencer's been off. I mean, and again, I love Spencer, but since the ending of, of uh, his run, it's been pretty consistent for me for the most part. And I, I've been really liking the different kinds of stories. I, I know and everyone loves the Ben Riley stuff. I do. Um, but yeah. I, I think this is more great stuff. I will add the last thing is the vulture. Um, I, I love the I love the vulture. I love the fact that he, you know his granddaughter means so much to him, and she's like, "You killed people. Like you're kind of a bad guy." Like she kind of calls him out, and that just sets him off. I love that. It was great. So, and it pays off to what I think was going on in Miles' book too, with, the, with uh, that introduction to the character. I like that character they introduced. And she doesn't. I'm not sure what she's done Sterling. recently, but. Yeah, I think she's a cool she, character. She, so. She's been relegated to champion's duty, which means she'll never show up in a, in a solo book. Champion. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, anyway, yeah, I, I, I love where we're getting, but I think mainly it's, I think it's the pacing and the art has been really, really well done. And I, I want to touch base on the pacing. Cause you brought up, you brought it up and now I want to expand upon okay. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to bring up a criticism of it too. So yeah. Okay. So I guess I'll go next. Actually, Adam, you want to go first? Cause you're pretty brisk with <laughs> give it great. Buddy. Uh, I, I'd probably give these two both a B. Um, I really do love the art. I mean, I, the art is great. I don't care. Like everyone can be like, Oh, his, you know, for me to juniors wonky faces or whatever. Like, yeah, his face is not the same highs he had back in like, Oh, yeah. Like I prefer the thing is I prefer how he did faces back in the JMS run, but you know, I, I think he's drawing a great Spider-Man and a great vulture in this. Honestly, uh, Vulture the, looks incredible, dude. Yeah, like the the battle the battles between them are great. Like this is the it's good one. comic book yeah, action. Donna looks really weird, and I can't tell if it's just the way the angles he draws her at, or if it's just there's something about her about the way he draws Starling that makes it really off, and I can't put my finger on it. Um. Uh, I think the this is the best that Vulture has looked stylistically since funeral arrangements. That's a great page, Paul. That's yeah. The double the the spreads of Vulture are the best parts. Um, there, there's one there's one panel I really that really stood out to me. It's the panel um, just before Vulture attacks Peter. The the panel where it's just red lines on the white body. That was a really cool page that visualized the spider sense. I oh, wish yeah. we got more. I wish we got more stylistically unique panels like that. Yeah, I like. I do see that's and because that's what the the medium is all about: doing wonky, weird, crazy shit like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, preach. What else I want to say? Um, I the thing is, I I think I I like the pacing. It's like it's it's very fast paced, but it's not. Yeah. I mean it. It's kind of like, wait, where did I, where did I write about this? I wrote it, it, Adam, really quick, to, to go with your pacing, I just want to mention here, this page, and if you go to this these next, next couple of pages here, sorry guys, um, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's all action. Right. It's not a bad thing, but it, it, look at this. This is hardly any... Um, I, do, I do think you could have cut about half that page of like zooming in on Peter. I think it's really cool. I just yeah. think as far as... Far like, as I think I think issue seven suffers from pacing problems a bit more than eight does. Like at the that back half, like I I think the art is fantastic in the back half of seven. You, you can tell then, that Wells was trying to was struggling with something to put there. Yeah, it, it felt. I mean, and I like I said, the, the art's great. It looks it looks good, but it moves so fast that it, that that seven like we get all this stuff. With the mystery, which I'm not a fan of that stuff. The Paul and Mary Jane thing is is weird, and it, it's still a drag on the book for me. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk the, about that. <laughs> but like, but you get to the back half of seven, and the art looks great. But then like, there's not a lot of there's meat in the artwork, but not necessarily in the writing, kind of. And it feels like we're lighter on plot there because it's basically just Vulture attacks Peter for several pages, which is great. But and then we get the the cliffhanger. How's he gonna get out of this one? But it feels kind of a little empty, a bit. And then you get to eight, and it it follows through with that. And it's actually it's a bit better 
because it's it's fast paced, it's action packed, it it moves along, um, and we get we get him in the suit and all that, and the the plot it it works better for that, but for the end of seven, it it's a little light, a little empty. I thought. Well, in the follow up with you said too, Adam, is that the the thing about where I think the problem is with seven is that that back like the front half is is me like as far as yeah. plot goes right yeah. you're doing lots of setup you're you're doing a lot of setup between Peter and and, and, and the along at a pretty yeah. solid pace yeah but the the problem because when when I when I read right I'm looking at eight now and I really enjoyed it I mean these comics no matter what how much you know unless you want to put in like tons of like unless you're trying to read from hell or some shit like that I mean like. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're going to be here. All, I mean, from hell takes me like 20, like a half hour to read like eight pages. It's crazy. So right. going on, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but whatever. I don't, I won't love that either necessarily. The thing is about this, but I love that like, he's putting in creative, like, again, there's like, there's still captions to read. There's still lots of visual things to do with the captions are right. doing. That's really fun and interesting. That's missing in the sound effects that's missing in seven. And I think that there yeah. could have, there was, there was a little bit lost between the fight between Peter and the vulture. You could have had a, some more dialogue between them. That's that's I, that scene with Kamala. It's so like void of things happening. Like right. the, obviously Kamala is, like doing doing the oddly passive aggressive nerd bit where she's fangirling slash dunking this on. Is the, this is the thing is like I didn't rec- I just thought this was a random girl, and for some reason I thought she just said come like I forgot that she said Kamala Khan, and but when I read that she says Kamala Khan, I'm like wait why is she saying Kamala Khan you know weirdly like that? That's why I was like who is this character? I didn't realize so this was that, that to was so out of place. I know like, I it's like, weird. Someone who really likes Kamala. Um, yeah, just that, that cameo felt out of place, but for one thing, real quick, that I want to say is like, I do, I, I don't mind sound effects, but I feel like it was a, almost a bit overkill with the snapping branches. Oh, what? I love that. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like you could have taken away a lot of those and maybe, I don't know, that it just because it, it covers the art, is the thing. But it, but these is cover up trees though. That see that's this is where I would yeah. dig, this I disagree because it could because this is where I think you're going creative with it. And I think this is where I think I, just feel like, and, I don't know if you need to have all those snaps me. though. I don't it's know a, if you need to have all, all of those 30% show what Peter is falling through. It still would have gotten the desired effect. So real quick, I'm gonna give my grade just so, so that I can enter the conversation without feeling like I'm butting in. I'm gonna give him a solid B. Just across the arc, um, so I, I want to talk about the pacing real quick because that was something I, I touched on. Um, this arc felt much easier to sit through than the first one, and I think it, part of it was the pacing. Those first two issues where we're, we're constantly being reminded that Peter did something wrong, where we're constantly reminded of this mystery box, and now we've now we know what the ultimate living brain is. We're, we're finally free of that luggage. But we're not constantly being reminded that Peter messed up. We're Peter's more or less back to back to where he started, except for the MJ stuff, which, like Paul said, that's really dragging the book down. Um, that's the ma- that's the major plot thread that I'm still not on board with. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, I feel I feel like the Tombstone arc. If you took those last three issues, you'd have had a really good Spider-Man story. But it's those first two issues that drag down the overall experience. 
this one being two issues was a much easier thing to buy. Um, I don't think it's perfect still. I, I, I actually think the Norman stuff is some of the best stuff we've gotten from him in a while. Like the, the sin, the stuff regarding Norman's sins and like the, the queen goblin stuff, that's the stuff I'm most interested in going forward. I don't care anything at all about what MJ's doing or who Paul is or their uh, kids who are simultaneously too old yet too small to be like realistic people. <laughs> I guess it's because JRJR can't draw kids. Um, but I don't care about any of that. I'm more interested in like what Peter's going to be doing for a living now. Um Honestly, the X the X Men stuff. I'm kind of I'm looking. I know Paul's look giving me that that stink eye. I'm looking forward to that more than I am the stuff that's tied to it, like the the dark web stuff, because I know that's going to be tied to the mystery box somehow. Um, once once we moved away from the from the MJ and Paul stuff in that issue, the the book was fairly solid outside of that. That's um, only one. only a couple of pages, though. From pay, from it's yeah, like, that's me. It doesn't really drag it down to me. I mean, for you, it might be, but it never. That stuff doesn't bother me. It's like okay, I just get through it really quick, and I'm good. It's more just a reminder of an art of a plot thread. I'm not a huge fan of, and like yeah. it's there, and I get why it's there, and I do like Norman's shitting grin when he closes the door behind him. Um, but to, to me, it it just was like oh. Here's remember this thing that you don't like. Here, have some more of it. And then like, in, the, in the letters page for today's issue, have you ever seen smiling friends? It's like, what's going on? I don't understand. We spent $250 million to break up Peter and MJ again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm just marveling at this art, man. Like I think pay, I think oh, yeah, the issue art, seven. The art is like A. The art is A tier. Like Dude, S tier. <laughs> yeah, the art in eight specifically is just like yeah. My, my jaw i'm just like I damn love, i love his shadow work with norman like how norman's like half in the shadows i love i, yeah. love, I love the way he draws like i think it also helps that menya's isn't doing that doing that weird blush anymore because that was a weird thing mm-hmm. in seven that i caught was like every character had like this weird blush on their face this is this is incredible yeah. That looks fantastic. He said that was the on you know his social media accounts. He was like, "I'm finishing up the hardest page of the issue here," <laughs> and it was that so one. Solid page outside of the outside of the glowing the glow. I'm kind of digging the suit. It's not. I mean, a, the pencils the pencils look really good for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the glider yet. I I think there's some cool things you can do with it. I'm mostly just a little concerned they're going to be like gimmicks. Like, oh, look, Peter has a glider. Oh, look, Peter has this emoji mask. I Side note, I hate that emoji mask with such a passion. You cannot believe how much I despise that emoji mask. That is such a how-do-you-do-fellow-kids addition <laughs> to the suit that I wanted to shank my eyeballs. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, did you really have to add that? Yeah, like it does. I mean, the helmet, the helmet's fine for the most part because it's basically just the Spider-Man mask. But like, they didn't need, they didn't need to have like an emoji. Like, yeah. one, of the, one of the things that's so cool about Peter's mask is how it can visualize his emotions and what he's feeling. I don't need yeah. this stupid like iPhone looking <laughs> faceplate that tells that. You know- but there's, but there is something interesting that I I didn't notice. You know, funny, I didn't realize it was a helmet 
I thought it was just a mask that did that. I didn't realize it was going to be um, I kind an actual of, like, helmet. I kind, of it, I kind of saw it when, if, if you looked at the concept, I don't know if you look at the concept art, Paul, but Pat, but Pat Gleason on his Twitter released like a, a, a sketch page of like all the concepts and it did show Peter's face behind the face plate. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew going in it was a helmet. I was just a little surprised. I'm kind of glad that JRJR didn't draw it as like, the mask because you know the 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 spandex mask has contours in it so that you so you can see his face but i'm surprised he was very consistent on the face on the on the helmet being very curved and very um lacking in the facial features aside from the eyes no i'm with you i i I like that i like the fact that it's a little different and and i've kind of realized that and it always looked a little different but now it's it's not you know, a verbatim, like complete 180. I'll be honest. I kind of miss the old D, uh, the daily bugle or the, what, oh my gosh, what are uh, Nora, uh, what's her name? Threats and menaces. Uh, that's, that's a silk thread. That's a silk plot line now. Man, I, I, I miss that. I miss that costume. I like that costume. The, the bring that, Yeah. Bring that back, man. I, my, my main concern is that, um, well, not my main concern, but one, one of the ones that, um, kind of got me was we, this is the second time this year we've had this plot or not the second time this year but like the second time in two years that we've had peter kept a high-tech suit from someone he knows with that will obviously come back to bite him in the ass later yeah but the one at least with this I, I both of them don't i don't mind it because peter's struggling financially so it makes sense that he can't like just make a new suit i i do I here's I, I do long for Spider-Man at one point to have a new costume that's like the black costume. Not like not like verbatim like the black costume, but something like that where something it can, that stands the test of time as well as the black. Yeah, costume. yeah, like like the I, I like as I think that there's I've I've said this before that I think that superheroes are no different than us that we ha- they have a different wardrobe. Like it's not like they want to just wear the same thing over and over again. Like they want to they want to you know, spice things up every once in a while. I feel we're, like we're, Spider-Man we're going to, we're going to talk about the, we're going to talk about X-Men for a bit, for a minute here. One of the things that I'm a little sad that they ever followed up on was Hickman saying like the X-Men or the, the mutants will never wear the same costume. They'll always like alternate between like, uh, I guess Cyclops doing like his Morrison costume or yeah. Storm, Storm doing her like uh, inhuman war stuff, but yeah. they never touched on that. The, the only artists it, it, that were Brett Booth and Valerio Shidi. And here's the thing: like, I, I, I do, I do like the fact they're trying to tweak things up a little bit. I love me some costumes, and I'm all about tweaking things up. And I, I would love, I would love for P- Spider-Man to eventually to have a Gleason or a John Romero Jr. or someone like that to really take the costume and just have, and don't just give it to Alex Ross. I love Alex Ross, and think he's a good, a good designer and a good artist. Obviously, and I'll know different costume was. But give me, give me a Spider-Man costume. It's gonna be. You think it's gonna connect with fans, and it's not gonna. Everyone's gonna hate it at first. Obviously, that's that's it's for, that's gonna happen no matter how good it is. Eventually, people are gonna be like, "I don't like this," ah. and they see it in context. They see it, in, you know, in whatever, and it actually, people will warm up to it. But I'd like to see them try to do something fun and have a different costume and really give it some like different feel. And I like I like the stuff when we get different things like that, but I'd like to eventually get to a point where we can get a different, like try to get a different costume in here. Like, like I think Nick Spencer legitimately tried to, I think if he, I'm assuming I, I, if it I, wasn't I, for his run being cut off, he would have, that costume would have lasted longer. 
I'm gonna mm, push, I don't know about that. I'm gonna, push, I'm gonna push back a little on that because to me, the Twitch streamer Spider-Man suit—that's what I'm gonna call it now—the Twitch streamer Spider-Man suit, um, to me, was sort of a commentary on. Well, not necessarily a commentary, but obviously came with strings attached. Like we saw that coming a mile away from like issue 39, right. and we knew that like it wasn't gonna. We we had a sort a sort of understanding that it wasn't going to last, just because of the way Nick Spencer or whoever wrote the issue that wasn't him, it's probably Ed Brisner, Christos Gage, who it was meant to be like something that was supposed to come up for an arc and Peter would learn his lesson and then it would go away. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I could be wrong, but it, just, it doesn't seem, that, it doesn't seem like it's that, but I, I think that Peter, I, I also one of the problems I have is that I still don't know what Peter is doing for Norman. I guess it's just being Spider-Man. The thing, the one thing that I, it's kind Zach, of a, it's a light criticism. Zach, you are muted. I, I think it's going to be, he's going to work for Oscorp as a member of the staff and like part of the R&D department, but also like be their Spider-Man going, like Norman's going to help him be a better Spider-Man. So I, I think that it's both. Uh, to get to my thoughts, because I haven't given my thoughts yet, uh, my grade on this is an A minus. Uh, but two issues I have with it. Really, well, you're you're the highest grade. That honor goes to Paul. Do tell my friend. I, my slight gripe about both of these issues, and this is a deep cut and a deep reference. But I just recently did the final episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, but. We used to have this joke about how Howard Mackey would get to like page 19 of 22 and have to come up with a real sudden ending to wrap the issue up and it gets wrapped up in like a page and a half. <laughs> I felt that way with both of these issues. I'm going to, I'm, I think I'm going to disagree with you. I think that I, I, I just think that the, and these felt, these did feel decompressed, but they read much better together than they do separately. Yeah, I was surprised by how well the book flowed when this was... Like, we talked about that pacing issue on issue seven. I feel like it flows a lot better if you read his act one and a half. Yeah, I mean, really, you could have... I felt like in the past, you could have maybe made this story into a single issue. Um, but them extending it out to two issues, I, I, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's a good, solid arc. I really like Vulture's characterization here. Uh, I like that Vulture is treated as a serious threat, and he's a force of nature. The villains have been the best part of Wells' run. Here, here's a weird take. If like Jed McKay had taken over ASM, I would have unironically killed to see like a Deadly Foes of Spider-Man book from Wells, because the villains have been the highlight of his run. It's one of those things, uh, you know, Neil, you might, and uh, you might remember this. I wrote an editorial whenever Omit was starting to come out uh, way back in the day. And I had said that the JMS era can be distilled down into one particular element. And it was the rebuilding of Peter Parker's character. And by shrinking the supporting cast to basically MJ and May, it was the intention was to rebuild Spider-Man's character after the disastrous reboot with Mackie and, and 
Yeah, and you and you see that because the rest of the supporting cast, like Daily Bugle, was shunted over into Friendly Neighborhood. Um, and much later, though. Yeah. I mean, for for the from the beginning, of, like whenever it was just JMS, you know, Jenkins had his supporting cast, like his mainly like Randy and and like his roommates, Randy, Randy and Flash and Liz, like they they made more frequent appearances. But JMS was the core book, and so his core cast was the two people closest to him. Yes. And and therefore shunting you can justify because there were what four ongoing Spider-Man books by the time JMS's run ended, right. you can justify shunting off chunks of his supporting cast into X book and Y book. So it so that supporting that main cast of MJ and May feels more important because it's in the main book. Yeah. And so when we get to like brand new day, the pendulum swings and now it's, we got to rebuild the supporting cast and kind of put Peter Parker in the background. And I feel like that we're getting to a point now where we're trying to rebuild out again, (laughs) again, somewhat. And and Spencer was able to balance that tightrope between Peter and his supporting cast and built it out all together. But now we're kind of getting somewhat of okay, we're we're we've put Peter in this in this mystery box. Now we're getting little things. Honestly, I think the event and the and dark web. I'm hoping will shine some light on the six month time skip. I'm hoping, but I'm really hoping after dark web, we start getting some actual firm answers as to what's going on. The MJ scene is very strange because it wasn't just, you know, six months ago or a year ago, literally as of when we were recording these episodes that MJ wanted nothing to do with Norman. So there's clearly something that's gone weird that even in like Spencer's run, she was really apprehensive about working with Norman. And now all of a sudden she's like going to Norman saying, Hey, can you test dementia be gone? I need to something ain't right. (laughs) Go hang with the X-Men. You know, it's not, we don't know exactly. I don't think she's more Jane yet. Not yet. That happens in, that happens in the hellfire gala one shot. We will talk about that. Uh, All of was supposed to come out at the same time but because of the printing delays and everything and they had to push judge they had to go full steam ahead with judgment day which is the current blockbuster event so right. asm got held back um and hellfire gala went on ahead and now asm is having to play catch up so i think if this had come out at the same time as hellfire gala we wouldn't be having this problem of trying to figure out where everything is in the timeline mm-hmm. but so hopefully, I mean, hopefully they'll, they'll definitely kind of make that clear to everybody. I mean, we're getting Gleason back next issue, so I'm 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 excited to see how that how that plays out. I love I, how he draws Logan as like a greasy, like broad-shouldered man, like he's canonically supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I you know I'm I'm down for a Wolverine Spidey team up. Like, all right, let's see how this goes. Uh, again. I am uh, look, I, and I know like Sofalo in our in our chat right now. He is not happy about Peter taking this deal with Norman because it's like a deal with the devil, metaphorically speaking. Part of I part of little bits and pieces of Norman, especially in today's issue, issue nine hundred two, 
where he smashes the phone and he's fighting his own urges to go like, to get on that glider and go help Peter. It, it becomes the question of now we're peeling, we've peeled the onion back. Is it a chicken or the egg? Is Norman was Norman evil before the before the accident, which has been argued by certain goblin scholars, chair fetting you. Or is it he's a misunderstood soul that was manipulated into villainy because of his duality with of nature? Unfortunately, one of the problems with with the last third of Spencer's run was that they took away all the agency and made it into Mephisto did it. I don't like the fact that we had to bring that element to Norman. I think it was a mistake that probably the second biggest mistake of that at the end of that run. It's um, one of those things I think where you can just ignore it and you don't really, you know, and miss you can, much. And you, can <laughs> that, you can argue that Mephisto didn't make Norman do anything. It was of his own volition, but Mephisto set the dominoes up for Norman. The to thing play. is, is I don't think anyone's really going to bring that up again. I mean, they may never say never necessarily, but that's no, I, one of those things that I think people are just going to let lie. And, you know, I, I honestly think that from and the interview is going to be up here on the channel, uh, probably Saturday or Sunday that I did with Chris of um, Spectacular uh, the Southie Sima era podcast, the um, where we were talking with uh, uh, one of the artists that the artist that did, I can't remember his name. I just Marcelo Ferreira. You're, you're talking about that recently, which, right? Which, which issue? Ferreira. He did the artwork for Morbius. He also did the artwork, some of the artwork during like Spencer's the, the last third. run, and. During that episode, I asked him specifically if he dealt with Spencer a lot, and he basically said no. I mean, he was pretty much exclusively dealing with Nick Lowe. So, and between that and what we heard from CB Sabolsky when it was brought up about how Nick Spencer's run ended weirdly, um, the context is is that there was some extenuating circumstances. We've talked about that pretty, you know, on and off during the show. So. I think that maybe that part of it could have been added later. Again, I am I am all down for a character examination, long-term character examination of Norman. And it's going to be interesting to see in this scenario a Norman Osborn that A, doesn't hate Spider-Man. And I really like... I really like I'm, I'm sorry to take off, but... I really like the way Wells writes Norman. I think it's interesting to because one of the things I didn't like about sensitive Norman in Spencer's run was that he was too nice. This Norman feels like a, like an addict who's struggling to keep himself on the right path. Right. Like Storm and Norman in in Spencer's run was like way too remorseful and like I'm sorry, it's all my fault, Harry. I'm sorry. Whereas. Yeah. I think that was also the manipulation of what Harry was doing to and, Norman. I think and that was, and like the, the shock of like getting all of your evil removed from you. And, and the realization that he was... Because the thing about Norman 
prior to that is that Norman always was the hero of his own story. Norman genuinely thought no matter what he was doing, that he was in the right, no matter what, even when he was behind the mask and the goblin, that the ends were justifying the means. And he was always right. You saw that in dark rain. I think that's one of the start. Bendis Norman is unironically one of the best post Malar Normans we've gotten. Well, I mean, between him and Warren Ellis, I think that that both both those guys were able to sit there and get into that psychology and the psychosis of Norman. Norman is a magnificent bastard, as as I've called him many a times on other shows. And when Norman is at his best, is that he he is right in his mind. And especially when you go back and read the stuff between the Clone Saga and the reboot, Norman is three steps ahead all the time. And I, I'm interested to see, you know, this kind of shows, okay, what if Norman and Peter had a relationship where Norman, you know, what if Norman never uh, had kept the amnesia? You know what I mean? Like, in terms of like, what if Norman was being kind to Peter? You know what I mean? Um, it's a, it, when, when you're, when you're, talking about 60 years of publishing history, it's very similar to the Lex Luthor. What if Lex Luthor goes good? Right. And that was what made me, because um, this kind of ties in, I promise. But remember in rebirth when he became like tech Superman. Yeah. I thought that was one of the most interesting thing they've done with Lex since they made him president. Um, And then unfortunately Snyder's uh, justice league run had him as a main villain so Gleason, or uh, was it Tomasi and Gleason had to go back on that and make him evil again, or at least like supervillain again. When when Tweener. Him, when him being like an like an anti-hero was one of the most interesting things I've ever done with him. And we know that Norman's eventually going to go back to being evil again, simply because the status quo. And we know that he's getting back on the glider for the gold for the Golden Goblin miniseries uh, by Cantwell and. Uh, Philip, I think it's Philip Ty or Tyrant yeah. Clark. Look, and, and I'm down for seeing uh, Cantwell explore that space. Like, I think, uh, also, I think I also mentioned like the economic aspect of the Goblin, but I, I, I think for the for what Wells is doing for Norman in this specific arc of him like struggling to keep himself in line but also like not wanting to risk it so, to the point where he's willing to let Peter, I guess, let Peter die so that he can keep himself in check. That's probably one of the more interesting things we've seen come out of Wells' run so far. Agreed. And I, I, I think that, first of all, I, I, I think it's been phenomenal what Ramita Jr. has done. And I, and I felt like a Ramita Jr., Era Bagley could sit there and and really not crank out issues after issue. Um, Ed McGinnis was great. Nine hundred. He was the best part of, of nine hundred, in my opinion. Inker, the inkers being I, that that's not McGinnis at all. That's but like the inconsistencies between them, you could tell who was inking what. Right. It was a very odd experience. But pencils wise, and but I, I'll say this. 
Ramita can draw fights. I think all the fight scenes that we've seen thus far with Ramita have been phenomenal. It'll. I, I'm not terribly looking forward to the to the X Men crossover. No offense to Neil, but I'm not even, to be honest, I'm not looking forward to it. And that's from someone who's really enjoying the main X Men X Men book. I am so ambivalent towards. Oh, we're bringing back Gwen, and I'm like. But to be fair, now that we have the added context of what is happening, I don't. They're not actually okay. So I don't disagree that it could have that there are stronger characters for that thematic judgment. That if you've been, have you been reading Judgment Day? I haven't read it a single bit. I will. I will. I, re- I recommend it. It's really good so far. But basically, the Avengers uh, Celestial House that they've been living in, they bring it back to life to save uh, Krakoa from druig being a dick and the the celestial comes to life and says okay guys fuck off ultra beast i did it i dropped the bomb um damn it you go you go away i'm gonna judge earth y'all have 24 hours and i'm dumping y'all in the garbage um and i'm guessing peter it, with today's issue where cap was like held in like a force field and listed off why he was why his dream of america was not bad, but like, you know, he was judged for being too idealistic. I feel like that's going to be like, Peter's going to have like an internal vision of like Gwen judging him or Gwen being the framing device for Peter's, I guess, proving himself to be a good boy. Yeah. Um, I, I think there are characters who would have been more fitting for that. I think Jean DeWolf would have been a much better avatar for uh, the celestials to judge him through that lens, but right, I, I I don't think Gwen is an awful one, just because she reflects his arguably second greatest failure ever. It's his greatest failure as Peter Parker. Yeah, but I, but I feel like I, I feel like if he wanted to not go back to the Gwen well again, because this is again the what the 10th time we've gone back to Gwen being the avatar of Peter's failure. I just think that there are other characters who could have fit that slot in the plot a bit better. Yeah. So like I say, we'll see how this is going to develop is what next three issues three or four issues. Uh, So Hellfire Gala is, or issue nine is a Hellfire Gala tie in. Issue ten is Judgment Day, and then eleven through thirteen Hobgoblin. are the Hobgoblin stuff. I am down for the Hobgoblin stuff. I'm looking forward to that. Like I've I've seen um, I've seen some of the stuff that Ramita Jr. has been posting on his Instagram. Uh, we're finally get. I think we're finally gonna have Betty poop out her baby. Finally, the thing is, what I want to <laughs> say too is I like I like that like we're continuing plots from the past run and. And the other, like the, the past two runs now, Spencer and Beyond, we're continuing stuff from that, and that's good. Although I miss something. I miss, seems- I the- oh, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing Queen Goblin. I I I've been looking forward to follow up. Like I, I'll say that uh, that is something we have not literally seen since the since the the late '90s, since before the reboot, because there was such a hard reset with the end of the reboot with Mackie's final with the annual 2001 annual 
between Mackie and then JMS. And then there was a hard reboot between JMS and Brand New Day. A soft reboot between uh, Big Time with Slot. And then hard reboot, hard reboot, all these hard reboots. I am, this is something that for younger fans that are maybe listening here, this is something that used to happen <laughs> in comics all the time. Back in our day. <laughs> Back in our day. When you, still, I, you read comics in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 70s, this was, uh, plot points would be picked up and then taken forward. That is the one thing that I'll say that Nick Lowe has gotten right since Slot left. I felt like when Nick Lowe was editing Slot, he was letting Slot run the show, right? Here, it feels like that Nick Lowe is like, okay, you know, Spencer's building this out. The next writer can take the take some of these balls and run with them. Um, <laughs> I will say this, and I said this on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter at Spidey Radio. This is the first time that Ramita Junior is drawing classic Hobgoblin since the eighties, because the last time he drew Hobgoblin was Jason Philip Mackendale as Cyber Goblin. So. And it's the last time, and the last time we had a Ramita period draw Hobgoblin was, anybody know? I think 1990, no. Uh, you're, you're, you're in the 90s. I think it was 92. Covers to Goblins of the Gate. Ramita, yeah, I was about that. Yeah. Ramita Sr. drew the covers mm-hmm. for that story. Um, but that was the last time because we remember he goes off to, to, to um, is it Tahiti or Belize? He goes to Belize, doesn't get seen until like the very, like right before um, Hobgoblin doesn't show back up until obviously um, 650, the big time arc when he was killed off when it was Daniel, revealed later to be Daniel. And then Kingsley shows up in the uh, arc right before Dying Wish, and he was in the Axis um, crossover, right? Was, I think was that who wrote uh, Axis Hobgoblin? Let me check. And, and after Axis Hobgoblin, like he was like kind he of was, doing. He was in Spider Woman. Was he? Like, he was in the last arc of uh, Hopeless's Spider Woman. Jessica he, Drew. The last. Yeah. Jessica- story yeah and then shit i think he's where's he been since then let me look i don't think he's done anything since like he's had a very he's only had a handful of appearances javi is in the chat hello javi the host of amazing spider-man classics here he was in he was in the sinister six of uh bendis's miles run was that kingsley yeah that was kingsley God, he was playing a lackey though. That's ah, oh. that was that was cringe. But oh, he was one of the. Um, he was also in the Ravencroft miniseries. He was one of Ravencroft's staff. Oh yeah, 
<sighs> I forgot about that. He was with uh, Taskmaster Scorpion and Moonstone as uh, Norman's handpicked roster for uh, Ravencroft. Speaking of hobby in the comments, I, I do want to mention that we're going to have an unboxing video. Can we, can we, uh, can we upload the branding for that? Yeah, uh, I don't think you did yet. Uh, so we'll have that here on the channel. Um, also, the latest episode of Amazing Spider-Man Classics will be going out next week. Yep, so that's the uh, Hot Toys unboxing. Uh, so he's going to talk a lot about the Hot Toys uh, suit. So super excited for that to hear be on the channel. Uh, also, uh, it'll probably re be recorded this weekend. Unless uh, my dad comes to town, which that will change things. I wanted to touch on something that Adam, uh, Javi mentioned it in the chat, but Adam kind of brought it into the discussion. Um, that the continuation of plot lines, which is funny because Wells was the guy who wrote Beyond and plotted it. Out of the room when I was making this point. I'm sorry. But I feel like she, I sorry. Are we talking about like the six month stuff? The one thing though that I want to say about continuing plot lines is I'm afraid that they've dropped Peter going back to college, which they have yeah, because it's, it's you know Peter's it's because <laughs> he, he got blown up and then the six months thing and he blew something up and yeah I think that's done. Mess, and I'm, I'm sad because I liked uh, I like that they well I like that they went and fixed that mistake that I think Slot made by having Otto get his doctorate for him. <laughs> I like that they, that Spencer, you know, right off the bat went into that because that was a problem I had with uh, the superior stuff and post that was that he still had that, but he didn't. Didn't come forward about that was. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's just, it was just the fact that Otto did it. He didn't do it. And Spencer addressed it and then it got abandoned along with a lot of, yeah. a lot of the plot points in his run. But I do like that we're still continuing stuff from the other two runs. So. Are we gonna get Are we yeah. gonna get uh, Gog again? Because yeah, Randy, I think so. I think Randy mentions having him, but yeah, but that, that might be it. <laughs> Randy, Randy we'll did I know Randy got kind of written out of the book with uh, Beetle, but I hope he's doing it online. Gog with him? I'm ah shit. <laughs> I you know I sorry I just go back I took uh, my daughter to bed, but. One of the things I, I, I like with the whole Sin Eater thing, I, I think there is a continuation of of what Spencer was doing. I definitely oh, feel that Riley, yeah, I think Ben Riley was was the pivot to re like use that as a way to like not progress Peter's story, let them plan it out for a while, and then go from there. That's what it feels like they did, and I think again, I'm glad they did because I thought it was a fun story. I still love it. Um, that being said it definitely feels like they're slowly it feels like Spencer was on a track and then they got derailed. And then now they're slowly picking up on things, especially with, with the Norman Osborne senator storyline. So the fact that I, and I like the slow build we're getting from here. And I think that there's, I'm curious what the overarching overarching story for Norman's going to be as far as the thematic theme for, for Norman. I don't think you can just do just um you know like he's just he's inherently evil and he'll just, you can't do he'll just do that forever the way they've they've, they've done it with senior i i'm gonna call it now i think peter has to sacrifice a normal norman 
for Mary Jane of some kind. Like, there think, has well, to be a sacrifice. Do you think Norman's going to uh, sacrifice himself to do it? Or do you think Peter will toss him into the fire? So, something like that. There, there'll be something where Mephisto will be like, I will, you know, I will trade you uh, a normal Norman for, for, for your marriage to come back or something like that for Peter. And Peter's in a half. Cause now, cause, cause the one thing that, that Spencer established was the fact that they're, they're cause I, I, again, I'm, I'm waiting to see where I missed this in my time of reading Spider-Man comics, but that connection between Mephisto and green goblin, like the that fact was, they're emphasizing that whole thing. I don't, I don't like that though. No, no, I, I agree, but I think, but I, I don't think he likes it either. What I think that he's trying, what he was trying to do, or at least editorial, they're building up towards it. And I think that they're still doing that is the fact that they are connected. How do you bring Mary Jane and Spider-Man back together? And you eliminate that, that, that elephant in the room, which is you sacrifice now the fact that the scene eater who was a part of Kindred, who's also part of that whole thing with Mephisto is now Norman can come full circle. Sac- the sacrifice, either be him himself or Spider-Man, is sacrificed that he'll, he'll take Norman back for the Mary Jane, like you know, marriage or something like that. That's where it feels like they're headed towards, and I feel like that's where it needs to happen. And I think there is that one other thing they haven't talked about much, which is what did Mary Jane whisper to Mephisto in one more day? I think that will come into play at some point. I Party. think all those they reveal that. What, what, what was that? That that they they actually showed that in omit, and it was a whole big nothing burger. Nah, I I think I I, I don't omit. I don't remember what what it was it then. I don't I don't remember it at all. Well, omit was right before uh, right after Grim Hunt, and right, right I remember the species. It was like the the opening. I know it was the opening splash page of like one of the issues of omit. I don't. I, Maybe I, I, dude, I, I, I remember I would have been, I thought unless I'm totally forgetting. It's been a while since I've read it, but I remember right. it not. I don't remember it being revealed. Oh, it, it was, it was uh, cause I, I distinctly remember technically, technically uh, wasn't it actually revealed in the issue. Like you could make out what it was in, in the actual OMD issue. It was just scrambled. You know what it was? Like, cause then, didn't she say, didn't she say, give him everything back? Like she, she said something like that. I, now I remember it a little bit. Thing was the was the speculation. Well, either way, I, I just I just feel it just feels like that Norman Norman is is headed on an inside track. There's going to be a sacrifice of some of some sort with Norman. I think that because I don't think you introduce the whole Mephisto thing and have him be this good guy and have him just be morally corrupted again. I think they're because ha- they they literally took the evil out of Norman. So I feel they have to put it back into him for somehow. Like, and I feel like that's the, what you have to do. And it's going to be Mephisto related because, and then Mephisto will be done with, 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 uh, with the Spider-Man after that. Cause after he puts Norman back in the, the, the genie back in the bottle, then you can't go back to that again. Mephisto can't go back to it again. And I feel that then you can get rid of the, you can get rid of one more day completely by doing that. So, which makes sense. So I, that's where I'm going with it. I, but either way, I think, Norman will come back out of a sacrifice of something. Oh so, yeah, we, we were talking about that earlier. That like the fact that Norman oh. is going is going Goblin mode uh, as Pepsi Man with gold with gold highlights. That he's never going to go back to being uh, Green Goblin again. 
but I'm interested to see where they what they do with him in between that. And Mr. Comics does make a make a good point. They've never retconned a retcon before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I and that's comic books. That's, that's the kind of the fun of it, right? How can you twist it and make it all make sense? And I feel that quote unquote that's fun, what they're gonna yeah. do here. Um, I, I <laughs> yeah, you know, listen. I, I think that what what they're I think Spider Man's been pretty fun and I want you know I watched the trailer I didn't know the trailer dropped today finally um, Zach and I was giddy for Shahara to come back man I love that character and I'm so stoked so so for to peek behind the curtain for everybody the group we have a group chat that we talk in God almost every day to plan and, or coordinate or just shoot the shit. Yeah, it was. It's it's just kind of specifically because one, all of us have iPhones, so it's really nice. Um, but two, for us to again coordinate and talk and and there, even though it doesn't always seem to be this way, we do try to plan the show out. <laughs> so, oh, Tevia's he's in the comments. What's up, Tevia? He's he's. We we mentioned old Mint and he's he's raging over there. <laughs> just let him just let him yeah, he'll tire himself out. Just to say, like I say, uh, we're we're getting to the uh, we're over an hour we're over ninety minutes now at this point. Um, let's kind of wrap up this episode if we can, gentlemen. Uh, we'll start with uh, everything hurts. Um, you know what. I was pleasantly surprised by Wells's um, second arc. We, we we kind of learned that 900 was a one and done made after issue one, so we didn't really have like an actual plan. So yeah, I don't know if that again that was one of those things, and we we talked about this before Beyond started. How I kind of felt like that. Honestly, and I, I think Paul makes a good point. They were trying to buy time with Beyond um, to get to 900. I, I think when Spencer left and everything, it was one of those things where they're like, "Oh, if we if we time this right, we can release this in you know cover date August of 2022." Look at that guy's 60th anniversary. Exactly, and make that the big 60th anniversary thing. And so, I, I again, we talked about that last episode, but no, I, I think this being his actual actual second outing. I didn't know if if Wells could do a short arc. He can. Uh, this this issue just because this is my final thoughts. I think Wells proves he can do a two parter. What's actually cool is that uh, we have this two-parter, then we get a one-shot, then we get a one-shot, and then we get a three-parter. <laughs> it's a one-sh. It's two event tie-ins in a row. Kind yeah. of. but that's kind of a one-shot. I I'm mean, just, if if I you just, don't have to really read the event, the Hellfire yeah. leads directly into Judgment Day, so it's kind of hard for me to judge them separately. Right. That's fair. We get a three-parter, and then we get a one-shot for Chasm, and then we go into uh, dark web stuff. I'm a little little worried that we're going into an event. Fortune issues. This is the same problem. I, this was the same worry I had with Hunted going in. Was we were, we were getting a big tentpole story, 
like 13 issues in. But used to be that seems to be the mo. Um, yes, I am. I I too was. Even slot was, but I feel like slots admission to that was just damage control. But I, I again, uh, we we can sit there and debate all day the sixtieth and the fiftieth and all that stuff. Like that, 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 there's no reason to like go into that honestly. But, I'll tell you something. The real, the, the real sixty celebration is right here in San Diego, California, at the Comic Con Museum. All right. <laughs> yeah. Great so, exhibit. Adam, your final thoughts on this? Um, it was a solid month of issues with great art. I liked it. Uh, Paul, your final thoughts? Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, it's it's not 1000% perfect, but I think that the it's I've been really enjoying it. It's been it's been very condensed storytelling in a sense to where it's, it's there's not a lot going on in a good way. And I think they can really focus on the Peter and Norman relationship that I'm really enjoying. Uh, the art has just been phenomenal. I just it's it's I don't know, after, you know, issue um, 900, it was it was a, a nice kind of like transition to like more classic Spider-Man. I don't know. Zeb, I think Zeb has tapped into the fun of Spider-Man that I think that um, Spencer did a lot of great fun stuff too, but he, again, he was building and he was doing something different. I don't think it's, I don't think it's worse or better. It just doing something different. He was building towards something, which we hadn't gotten since like the Hobgoblin stuff back in the day. Right. And, or even Venom, if you want to go, the Hobgoblin was kind of all the push up to, I guess, not necessarily push back. Spencer's run was mainly focused on fixing things. I don't know if you can hear me over the uh, thing. Um, but Sp- Spencer's run was mainly focused on fixing stuff. And then we all thought it was going to fix the thing. And then it kind of has, was a wet fart at the end. So well, I- Wells seems to be less focused on fixing stuff and more on telling his own story, which for better or worse feels a lot more... F- not necessarily more focused, but it gives it a different type of energy. You know, I, 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 I'll partially agree with you on that with, I mean, I, I think he still, I think Spencer did his own thing and trying to make it fun. Don't get me wrong, but I think you're right. I, I, but I think he wanted to do like fixing of things like, 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 like for, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you're, you're, you're not wrong. I, I think you're, you're on to something there, but I do think that I love Spencer's run. I think Spencer, Spencer's run is fan, fantastic. I'm thinking of buying that omnibus. Yeah. And so like with all that said, I, but I think Zeb has been done, has really done a great job and shows that he is a really good, like solid writer. And, and Spider-Man is, is in good hands right now. I, they've been very coy about the future of Spider-Man, which I think is interesting. And the fact that Dan Slott, they're, they're bringing another, uh, you know, title with everything. And, and, the, and it's really cool is that, you know, I, I didn't realize that he's still doing the goblin costume, right? Like he's still wearing it in that trailer. It's all over. He's so, wearing it. He's wearing it, uh, for the next several months. <laughs> so the, the, there is prediction on that. I think that, the adjective of Spider-Man side will only go about 12 issues and then fizzle out into nothing. And then and you know what? And you, here's the thing. Slots even, slots even said like, you know, I'm, I, I'm glad I'm not writing ASM anymore because I don't have the, well, he's not, he's not guiding it. He's having fun with it. And I think that's the biggest thing that I think that I'm, I'm excited about is the fact that they've been very coy with the future of Spider-Man. Okay. Really and, quick. 
Joey, this is a really bad faith characterization of Casada. That's that's really, yeah. I, I, I was just responding to it in the chat. So that, that's, that's, I, it, I have nothing to say about that. Well, I, I'm just going to say this. I think that with across with in, with across the Spider Verse and it featuring Spider Man, I don't. Would I be shocked if they're also trying to line up and and build up towards, you know. MJ and Peter, because you know, obviously, they, we end on them being back together. You're, you're gonna hold this. You're still, you're still holding on. Say, I mean, you're the, you're yeah. the eternal optimist on this. Well, I mean, the fact, that, dude, I, I honestly, and no one is, I don't, I'm surprised no one's talked about it more. But that Spider-Man wedding album, that's a big deal. The fact they put, they released that, but that's not something to sneeze at. Like, you don't just, you don't, if you don't have no inclination of bringing something back like what has marvel done like throughout their whole like since we've been like with the mcu and everything like they've only built up in the comics and started preparing people mentally and and like getting prepared and it happens throughout all like everything reselling reprinting it's i mean i you could i, I i'm not saying it's for sure coming back what i'm what i'm saying is to reprint a wedding album a wedding album and sell it for like you know it's a it's a very nice collector's item. It's a it's not it's showing their hand is what I'm saying. And the fact that what's his name is even hold on, hold on the fact that what's his name has even said well you know they are meant to be together and let's keep reading like it's there's gonna be a give at some point and was spent it the writing's on the wall there it's there it's just a matter of when they get there and obviously they had to pivot for whatever reason so. I I just I just think it's gonna I don't know when it's gonna happen, but they're definitely they are definitely signaling something's happening. Just don't know my, my my main response to that is that um I inhaled the copium for four years or the hopium for four years, and it feel and I don't know maybe maybe it's just like oh I've been doing this for like a I gave up on it I, I, I never once once one more day happened. I was done. I was like, okay, so I'm coming back. Oh, cool. I, I've accepted, I accepted it. I mean, maybe that's why I, I didn't hate it. You know, brand new day. After, like everyone else did afterwards, but um, I just accepted it. But I'll tell you what, after in, uh, into the spider verse, after all the Spider-Man films and building up towards Mary Jane, Mary Jane, Mary Jane, Mary Jane, and Spencer comes in. And then all of a sudden, like they start hinting at things. I'm like, Oh man, they're doing it. And in fact, we keep getting things like this. And the fact that they all of a sudden have and Mary Jane with someone with kids, it's like, Okay, what's there? It's 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 gonna happen. I I I I was fully convinced it was never gonna happen up until Spencer. When Spencer happened and, and across into the Spider Verse and all this, it's gonna happen. I just don't know when, but it's gonna happen. I promise you. I promise you. Just have them be engaged forever. There you go. Yeah. Just have, them, just have them be like living partners or something. Just give them a status quo. As long as they're in a relationship, I I am. Same. Yeah, that was see that was my thing before the OMD being undone tease happened in Spencer's when I was like as long as they're together I'm cool and I'm basically back to that just if they're together it's cool yeah well I, I want I want the marriage back yeah I, mean, I, I want it back too but I'm just I like they, it but part of, but part of me, everything they say I don't know part, we'll part see of, part of me accepts that you have to compromise with editorial on something and I feel like that's the line you'll have to draw in the sand on on the in terms of the relationship like you can have them be perpetual live in live in live in partners or like perpetually engaged 
but you'll probably i know we all want the marriage back but part of me knows that you'll probably have to draw a line in the sand on that yeah i don't know all right well we'll let's we'll see i want to talk about this um mainly because it was a sim it was a symbiote uh it was it was a symbiote baby so <laughs> it was an eldritch abomination it was an eldritch abomination guys you know? but but uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap the episode up, guys. And so with that, um, all right, gamers. I, I do want to mention before we leave uh, the tomorrow night the new episode of Make Mine Mayday, hosted by me and Kelly. We'll be covering uh, Amazing Spider Girl number nine through twelve. Uh, we'll be covering. I've got the issues literally right here next to me. Uh, we're gonna be covering some Carnage. Oh, not that one. Uh, got Peter Parker getting beat up, and we got Carnage and Spider Girl. So definitely check that out. Amazing Spider Girl nine through twelve. Me and Kelly will be talking about it a lot tomorrow night. Uh, looking forward to that episode thirty-seven of Make My Mayday. So with that, we're gonna wrap the show up. I do want to mention our Patreon subscribers. Uh, once again, Vinkman Scott, Greg Jurgen, Phoenician, Kale, Georgia, and Cindy, thank you guys for your contributions to the Spider Radio Network. We got some more stuff coming your way very, very soon over on patreon.com slash Spider Network. Of course, follow us on our various social social medias. Thanks, Neil. Uh, you can follow <laughs> at Spidey Radio on Twitter, uh, Spidey Network on Facebook and Instagram. You got at Spidey Dude Radio Network on YouTube. If you've not liked and subscribed on YouTube, please, we're trying to get more subscribers. If you haven't already done so, share this show. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe. You don't have to hit the notification bell if you don't want to, but you can always do that as well. Uh, we have a voicemail line, 818-925-6631. That is the voicemail line for the entire Spidey Radio Network. So if you want to leave a voicemail for all of our shows, whether it be Voices from the Eerie, Make Mine Mayday, Spidey Dude Experience, Amazing Spider-Man Classics, Books of X, leave a voicemail and we'll play it on the show, the respective shows. Be sure to keep it under three minutes and let us know what show you're calling about. Of course, we also got all of our shows. I just mentioned Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. It's going to have a brand new episode coming this Friday as of this recording. Uh, it's already going to be out by the time you get the audio editions. Uh, speaking of audio editions, there will be coming your way very soon. We're going to get caught up on the audio editions and so much more. So guys, cannot wait and the next time we are on the show we're going on this show spider experience we're going to be celebrating our second year online that's right second year online i cannot wait for it and until then i will see you guys next time here on the spider dude radio network